Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, the Minister of Agriculture in Saskatchewan talks about on-farm research projects this fall, winter, and spring designed to improve crops and livestock production. Turkey farmers in Saskatchewan say there will be no shortage of turkey for Christmas and prices should be similar to Thanksgiving. PEI farmers made a trip to Ottawa yesterday to highlight an issue that has shut down potato exports to the lucrative U.S. market. Ottawa provides support for beef and pork, and the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. Agriculture research in Saskatchewan is getting a big boost from the provincial and federal governments. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says more than $218,000 will go to 17 research projects initiated this fall and conducted through the winter and into spring. He says the program provides funding to producer groups to evaluate new farm practices and technologies. Well, what we do is uh, obviously look for projects that are that could enhance agriculture and different opportunities. So that's why it's called the Adopt program, because we, uh, you know, it's money that we put out to different producer groups where they also source, uh, you know, some funding and and look at some new technologies and things that they might want to do or different crop varieties or maybe looking for some research or development in, in disease, whether it's in fruits or crops or grains or, or pasture land. And what we do is we source this through cap money as well. So, and we're also partnered on this as well with, to some degree, uh, you know, like Fertilizer Canada is part of it for, for a mountain. So it's Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association as well. So it's just something we do. And then hopefully these practices, if they work out and they, we can see some positive results, then obviously it's, an opportunity for the ranching community or the farming community to adopt these types of methods. Why is this research so important? Well, it's really important because it's, you know, it's not a, a big dollar, but it's really important to be able to try these different tests or experiments, however you want to call it. So we work with the different groups, you know, including, you know, just to give you an example, the Southwest Forage Cooperative Association, University of Saskatchewan, even to some degree, Yorkton Agriculture Information, Inc. You know, there's just Prairie Swine Centre, the Saskatchewan Stock Growers, of course, Barley Development Commission, the beekeepers. So there's lots of them, even the vegetable growers, the fruit and vegetable growers. So 
there's just we work with them and they actually have concerns whether it's something whether it's uh, a disease or they want to try growing uh, winter barley and if it works in this part of the province and things like that so we help fund that and that's why it's called the adopt program because they're demonstration of practices and it just allows those commissions or those associations to be able to try these projects and if they work then we can obviously put it out to use to farmers and ranchers and really what it does is it really is it improving the environment and things like that so there's lots of aspects to it jim that you know that's why it's spread out with so many different groups as well can you give me a few other examples of this research yeah. work yeah i'll just you know just give you some you know like the saskatchewan fruit growers association they're looking at management of growth parameters in high level high tunnel strawberries and raspberry production that's just one the sheep development is looking at evaluation of program of ultrasound scanning in sheep as well. And the vegetable growers are looking is the opportunity for growing daffodils here in the province of Saskatchewan. So that's just some. The stock growers are looking at the advantages of feeding canola meal on fall pastures. Is it going to be an opportunity to do something? And obviously, you know, with the crush plants coming, will there be an opportunity to source canola meal for that type of thing? So these are just some of the small ones, you know, some of the projects that we're doing. There's probably, you know, 15, around 15 projects, I think, is the number we're in that neighborhood. So we just see this as an opportunity to give these groups an opportunity to uh, experiment and see if these, if these projects that they're interested in do work out. And these are fall, winter, and spring research projects? Yes. Yeah, there have been a lot of them. We, we announce it now, but some could be, you know, through the winter, they could be doing some research on some of them. But obviously, a lot of them would be going into the spring research as well. Now, on another topic, David, your reaction to the ongoing sort of disruptions to West Coast grain movement? Well, we've been we've been watching it very closely, and the railroads have been very accommodating to us as well, Jim, and making sure that we get updates, you know, on a weekly basis and you know, last week traffic was down a bit. We saw that. But, you know, for the most part, the railways were very optimistic they were going to be back up and running in a few days. And and most of those cases, they were. Obviously, they did have more rain and they were challenged around that. But we did see, you know, even some collaboration between the railways with CN and CP sharing rail space and, and getting trains in and out. So it's good to see the movement going again. Like I say, it was down a bit last week, but everything we're hearing now is they're hoping that everything is going to start flowing right back to full capacity. Obviously, they were challenged with some of the trains coming in and going out because they obviously put new ballast down and they're worried about the weights. So they had to obviously reduce weights a bit. That's what they told us to make sure the ballast sets into, into place right. And that's Agriculture Minister David Merritt. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca Turkey farmers of Saskatchewan are not expecting any supply shortages of turkeys this Christmas season. Cynthia Wiesma with the Turkey Farmers says there are 11 commercial turkey producers in Saskatchewan and supply is being ramped up and should be fine for Christmas. Well, locally we haven't heard of any shortage particularly at the grocery stores, but it's still, I still feel it's quite early. You know, there's still another two weeks before Christmas. And and yeah, we, I, like locally, I don't know. Nationally, uh, we did reduce our production as farmers to about like seven and a half percent less because of COVID. But then later on this summer, we increased that back because of all the restrictions were lifted and people were going back to restaurants and deli counters were open and some of the service industry was open again. 
So we are producing turkey. We have not stopped production here in Saskatchewan or anywhere else in Canada. So, yeah. So are you expecting, will there be any shortages in Saskatchewan for turkeys for Christmas? The market is tight, but I wouldn't say there will be shortages in terms of people not being able to get a turkey. There will be enough turkey for everyone to have a turkey. Now, tell me about turkey production in Saskatchewan. Just how big is it? So we have 11 commercial operations, which produce about 6.5 to 6.7 million kilograms a year. We have farms all over the province, uh, mostly, I would say, South End, obviously, from Waltheim all the way down to Esterhazy and Gull Lake. We produce 50% of our kilograms are processed right here in Saskatchewan, right here in Saskatoon, and the other 50% are out of province in Alberta and Manitoba. Basically, all of our production is produced locally, and then it does come back at some point through the wholesalers but we don't sell out of the farm gate. We do know of several smaller producers that grow backyard flocks who do sell out of the farm gate or who do provide turkeys to smaller processors. And so we that increases the amount of turkey we actually grow in the province, but they're very small. Our commercial operators, they supply all their kilograms to CFIA inspected facilities. So that's how it is here. <laughs> Have there been many problems or any problems from the BC rail and truck disruptions because of the mudslides and floods they had? For us, there's been some logistical challenges regarding movement of product and some acquisition of certain materials like boxes and bags that we use to package our turkeys once they're processed. But it's being looked after. And I think as the roads open up and there will be more movement. But yeah, it's been definitely a, a challenge with what happened in BC. And they did produce a large number of kilograms. And, and so that's being sorted out as well. How are turkey prices this Christmas? So our cost of production has gone up quite substantially due to feed prices going up, which is in every industry. It's not just ours. So the price, the wholesale price has gone up because those costs get transferred down. So I suspect that the retailers, this may be reflected at the retail level, but not necessarily. And I can't comment on that because I have no control over what the retailers do. But I have seen some features turkey at the retailer level, and it's very comparable to Thanksgiving. So roughly price per pound, can you comment? What would it be? Well, I've seen like just for Thanksgiving this year, we saw some birds were being sold for five. 49 a kilogram so it's about two just under 250 a pound so it's it'll be very similar for christmas and some places are selling turkey for $1.97 a pound that was just on a flyer this this week it's probably done today but yeah i i would say that the prices will stay fairly steady they might go up a few cents depending on what kind of product the retailer is carrying but yes, I do believe they'll stay fairly steady as it, they were in, in Thanksgiving. And you aren't expecting any shortages, any serious shortages? Yes, no serious, no extreme shortages. No. Definitely some retailers may find it a bit more challenging to get a hold of turkey from the wholesalers due to either transport issues, but our supply is coming back up. So it's, we're hoping to be caught up in the next for Christmas, the holidays, that was the whole idea to be caught up by then. But it takes time for these changes to come into the market. So we are pretty certain everyone will be able to have a turkey for Christmas. 
Cynthia Wiesma is a turkey producer and involved with the turkey farmers of Saskatchewan. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. We're now going to focus on taxes and some legislation that's come to fruition. It was a private member's bill that passed in the last government. And there's some things that you need to consider from a taxation perspective. Here to shed some light on Bill C-208 is Ryan Keurig. He's in taxation services with MNP. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Very good. Thanks for having me. I'm hearing a lot from the audience in terms of about this Bill C-208. And there's changes coming. And my accountant's telling me or my, the person that sells me my life insurance, they're saying, hey, you gotta, there's things you got to be thinking about. Um, from your perspective, what are the highlights here that our audience here at Real Ag Radio needs to have on their radar? Well, Bill C-208 was a big piece of tax legislation that came into effect the end of June here in June 2021. Now, when it was immediately released, there was some concerns from raised by the Department of Finance about some potential fixes that need to be made to the legislation. And we suspect that these fixes will be announced here come November, December here, 2021. So any time now. But one of the key aspects of Bill C-208, without covering it all, is it, it really opens up the ability to split a family farming corporation that has siblings in, in an ownership structure. Now, historically, there has been a position by the Department of Finance that siblings inside of a farming corporation are deemed to be not related to each other, regardless of the fact that they're siblings. It's really a punitive section of the Income Tax Act. This piece of legislation made it so that siblings are deemed to be related to each other if they meet the definition of a family farm corporation. Without getting into the technical details of that, that can be achieved. So this legislation has made it much easier to split an existing farm corporation between siblings into two separate corporations to help with future succession, estate planning purposes, and so forth like that. Under the old legislation, this could be done, although it was very costly in terms of accounting, legal fees, and it actually involved a lot of coordination with the CRA, the CRA being the Canada Revenue Agency itself, in the actual split-up transaction. There was almost essentially a pre-audit going on of the transaction. This new legislation allows it to fall into a much simpler tax regime where you can have much more flexibility in how the assets are split up. Long story short, it has made it much easier to split siblings from an existing farm corporation to set it up for succession. Let's be honest, sometimes siblings farm together, but it doesn't always work. That Cousins are going to farm together and so forth, and sometimes the two separate families eventually want to go on their own way. But what if it is working? That's a great question, Sean, and we see this a lot. Doing the split does not mean that you have to not farm together with your siblings, so there's plenty of structures where the two families can still come together and farm just as they have been in the past, except for what you have achieved is a clear division of assets. So eventually in the future, if they want to go their own way, that's fine. It's been their ability to do so, but there's nothing precluding them from coming together and farming such as a joint venture or cost sharing or other type of arrangement. And quite often it helps. There are certain tax advantages, which I can allude to at another time, where it, is, it does make sense to split one company into two. Um, particularly if taxable capital is becoming an issue. And a, 
I won't get into the details of it, but if a farm starts to see its taxable capital exceed $10 million, and taxable capital being the book value of the assets on the financial statements, they start to see a small business deduction eroded. By dividing a company in two, so a company that has $15 million of taxable capital into two, we now have two entities that have $7.5 million of taxable capital. There is the potential for the small business deduction to be restored for this farming operation. So not only have you achieved a tax advantage by doing this type of transaction, you've also set up for succession and division of assets future down the road. But there's nothing handy for precluding any of the parties from continuing to farm together in the foreseeable future. Yeah, that, that, that makes some sense. You, but you also have the added, I don't know, the added cost, maybe just the ex, extra work. of you have, Then you get to file two year ends because you got two different companies, right? Absolutely. In order to achieve some of these things, there are definitely added costs. There will be added corporate year-end costs, corporate tax filing costs, and so forth like that. So we would sit down and discuss with clients, is this something that makes sense from your perspective? Like, do you want to have this division of assets right now? Do you want to potentially restore a small business deduction? Are you quite happy with the way the farm is operating now? And we'll just carry on in one as one operation. And there definitely is no right or wrong answer on this, but it's just nice to have options as with anything in life. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no point but necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly sunny today, wind west 30, gusting to 50. The high, minus 2. The low, minus 15. Wind chill, minus 14. Tonight, minus 21 overnight. Friday, mainly sunny, wind southwest 20. The high tomorrow, minus 5. The low, minus 11. Saturday, sunny with a high, plus 1. The low, minus 6. Sunday, sunny, the high zero, the low minus nine. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus three. 30% chance of evening flurries, the low minus eight. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus three. 30% chance of evening flurries again, with a low of minus 10. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 10. Normal high for this date, minus eight. The normal low, minus 19. The sun rose at 8.47 this morning. It sets at 4.55 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now is Elbow at minus 3. The cold spot, Uranium City at minus 24. Estevan is minus 4. Saskatoon minus 10. Swift Current minus 7. Weyburn and Yorkton both minus 5. In Regina with sunny skies, it's minus 7. That's 20 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-southwest at 19. Humidity is 69%. The barometer rising 100.4. Sunny in Moose Jaw, minus 4. Winds are from the southwest at 31. Once again, Regina, sunny in minus 7. That's 20 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com 
and brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. A group of PEI potato growers, along with supporters, arrived on Parliament Hill yesterday. A truck carrying potatoes from the island made the 1,300-kilometer journey this week to bring attention to the current export ban on island spuds to the United States. That ban was issued by the Trudeau government more than two weeks ago, saying it needed to take action before the White House issued its own ban on PEI potatoes. It's because of a soil-borne disease called potato wart. It's not a new thing. The disease has been in the soil around PEI for decades, and the White House has always accepted the science and PEI potatoes. When the truck arrived in Ottawa, folks started handing out roughly 6,000 bags of spuds to anyone who came. Inside there were meetings, and later a still frustrated PEI Premier Dennis King spoke to reporters. It's one of the best growing seasons we've ever had. The yield uh, is really, really high. The quality is the best it's probably been, they're saying, in 40 years. Uh, other markets in the northwestern U.S. Uh, have, uh, have, have a, had a difficult growing year, so there's a growing demand for our product in the United States right now. Uh, everything seems to be lining up for us to have a really good year, a banner year, uh, and uh, for reasons we're still having difficulty understanding, we're being kept out of that market, so it's, it hurts everybody. As Dennis King and others met on the hill yesterday, inside the Commons, things got a little testy between Foothills MP John Barlow and the Prime Minister. Barlow, Tory MP, says the decision is based on politics, not science. Prime Minister end his half-baked ban. Will he expend some political capital, some political will, and end this dispute before Christmas? Honourable Prime Minister. Recommend the Conservatives actually engage substantively on this issue because we should all be a Team Canada approach and recognize that with the U.S. threatening to impose a ban on table potatoes from Prince Edward Island, we needed to act. We are continuing to work with the United States to put pressure on the United States so that we can move forward in a way that is safe for everyone and supports Islanders. Trudeau says the Tories do not understand the issue. Federal Minister Babo said recently she doubted the issue could be resolved before Christmas. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com a new agri-communications initiative is being launched by the federal government to help Canadians better understand how their food is produced. The goal is to maintain public trust in sustainability, animal care and efforts to reduce food waste. This is Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Babot. Public trust and confidence are precious, but they can be shattered in seconds by a single tweet. We need to find new ways to strengthen our relationship with our consumers. Agri-communication will help farmers tell their story to Canadians, how they are caring for our environment and caring for their animals, how they are doubling down on sustainable practices. Up to $8 million will be available for not-for-profit associations such as agricultural fairs and exhibitions. Other avenues include social media, digital platforms and influencers. Work is also underway to refresh the Canada brand platform to enhance virtual connections with international buyers. 
The Agri-Communications Initiative is aimed at a younger demographic and was done in consultation with the Canadian Agricultural Youth Council. Carl Boss is a dairy producer from New Brunswick. Every producer and organization needs the right tools to be able to tell their story to their consumers. Whether that story is environmental stewardship or animal care or any other hot issue that's trending on social media. As farmers, we have a responsibility to make meaningful connections with Canadians. Our future and the future of agriculture depend on it. Around the world, consumers are demanding the backstory of our food, and if we can't satisfy that need for answers, they'll go elsewhere for their products. The second stream of the Agri-Communications Initiative will focus on better understanding consumer preferences and expectations. More details on those efforts will be available next year. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau has also announced almost $200,000 for the Verified Beef Production Plus program. The Verified Beef Production program is a voluntary certification program administered by the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. The program certifies beef cattle operations meet high standards of food safety, animal care, and environmental stewardship. The funding will go to a web portal and an app for remote audits which will make it easier for cattle producers to access the VBP Plus program. The funding brings total federal support to verified beef production and the environmental component, the Certified Sustainable Beef Framework, to $1.9 million. With over 1.6 million cattle already under certified VPB Plus operations in Canada, the latest support will help more producers meet market demand for sustainably raised beef. Beef production contributes about $21.8 billion to Canada's gross domestic product. And last year, Canada exported 425 million kilograms of beef to international markets, valued at $3.26 billion. A Saskatchewan crop input retailer has sold one of its outlets to meet terms set by the Federal Competition Bureau. Blair's Crop Solutions, a joint venture between Federated Co-op and Blair's family of companies, will be selling its site at Lipton, about 80 kilometres west of Melville. It's being purchased by ProSoils, Inc. for an undisclosed sum. The sale also includes Blair's and Hydra Ammonia facilities at Lipton and Balcaris. ProSoils is an independent, family-owned retailer dealing in fertilizer, crop inputs, and seed at Rose Valley. The divestitures were a requirement for the approval of the Federal Competition Bureau after Blair's and FCL announced a joint venture earlier this year. The Blair's Crop Solutions joint venture has six outlets providing retail crop inputs, feed products and agronomic services at Lanigan, Liberty, McLean, Nokomis, Rostern and Watrous. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for canola fell $7 at $961.82. One red spring wheat gained $268 at $461.57. The rest unchanged. Durham $716.91. Feed barley $383.64. Flax $1470.59. Lentils $986.50. Oats $566.53. Yellow peas 623.24, feed wheat 261.65. At Minneapolis, March spring wheat fell eight and three quarter cents at 10.26 and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Mark Report for the week of December the eighth. 
a very nice run here for this time of the year, 2,000 head in the sort, 300 cows and bulls, a total of 2,300 head for the day. Cows and bulls were both selling higher here with very aggressive bidding. D1, D2 cows, 70 to 78, sales to 80, 81, D3 cows, 60 to 70, cows are averaging 70 and a half. Here are some highlights. From the Hortus Ranch at Raymore, 1,550-pound cows at 80 cents. Rob Inglis of Yorkton, 1,500-pound cows at 81 cents. And Dale Country Ranch at Theodore, 1,650-pound cows at 80 and a quarter. Good job, guys. Good bulls, 93 to 103, sales to 109. Bulls are averaging 96 cents. On to the pre-sort sale, a very good sale. Lots of local buyers here showing some interest and actually owning some cattle. On the steer side, listen up. 420-pound black steers, 242. 500-pound black steers, 231. 570-pound black steers, 214. 640-pound black steers, 201. My favorite pen, 710-pound tan steers, 195.75. And 800-pound red black exotic steers, 180 and 850-pound steers at 177. On the heifer side, 420-pound heifers, 196. 500-pound tan heifers, 195. 570-pound black heifers, 183. 640-pound heifers, 177. And 710s brought 159. If you need to sell some cattle, one more pre-sort next week. And the cow and bull market got a bit stronger here. Last slaughter sale will be next week also. That's it for this uh, week here at Heartland Yorkton. Also, this Friday, December 10th at 11 o'clock, bread, cow, bread, heifer, cow, calf, pair sale, expecting 150, 170 head. That's this Friday at 11 o'clock. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, 165.36 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The December sale of Crown Petroleum and Natural Gas Rights in Saskatchewan raised $1.4 million this week. That's a 53% jump over December 2020. 55 of the 73 parcels received acceptable bids. Total bids covered almost 11,000 acres, and the average bonus bid was $128 per acre, with the highest acceptable bid at $1,260 per acre. The Estevan area produced the highest interest, bringing in $913,000 for 51 parcels, totaling 9,500 acres. To date, the province has collected $8.8 million from oil and gas sales and $4.2 million from subsurface minerals for a total of $13 million, with one more series of sales remaining for the fiscal year. The final sale of the fiscal year is set for February of 2022. The Water Security Agency is warning the public that the warm fall has resulted in thin ice and creates unsafe crossing conditions. Even with recent snow and colder weather, ice thickness is not sufficient for most activities. The agency is urging extreme caution when on or crossing ice as there is a high risk of thin ice. On the markets, the TSX is down 151 points at 20,925. The Dow has fallen 42 points to 35,712. Oil has dropped 64 cents at 71.72 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 31 hundredths of a cent at 78.72 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. 
Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.